0: Welcome to this week's Leader's Guide for the Fall Quarter of Life Groups. This resource is provided to help you prepare and effectively lead your group. For your convenience, you can also download a written version of the guide under Life Group Leader Tools at gatewaycrc.org forward slash lifegroups. Remember to tune in each week and to look out for the weekly edition of Life Group Leaders Weekly. Let's join Adam Van Dopp now as he introduces this week's material. hey there life group leaders we are now just on the cusp of our fall 2022 semester of life groups and this is our very first leadership podcast and how exciting this is that we're finally here now in this year for you leaders who are returning we love that you came back to serve again and for those of you who are new we are absolutely and honored that you have followed the Lord's invitation to jump into leadership here at Gateway in this capacity and for this season. So thank you to each and every one of you, 49 leaders who are leading these 16 groups. And, you know, just as something that we're pretty excited about today uh, is that we have hit 146 registrations for groups among those 16 groups. You know, we're just so uh, tickled pink, uh, call me old school that way, eh? uh, to see this growth and uh, a number of new groups start up and get filled up. So we're pretty excited about that. So this is our time frame now to walk through our discussion guide. Uh, you can hear some thoughts behind the questions we are asking and for some group leading tips along the way. And we hope that together through this ministry, we'll develop meaningful relationships centered on God's word and prayer. Well, let's jump into this week's material and uh, take some time to reflect together on where we're going. So uh, on the leader's guide there, that uh, you probably received the PDF pr- uh, material. Uh, there's a number of things there at the start talking about this week and some news and some announcements, uh, preparation for the first meeting. There we talk about planning your first meeting, uh, plan for some directed conversation, talk about the plans that you're gonna have together. And that's all just to prepare yourselves for your very first time frame of a, of a bit of a more of a social night where you can gather together and meet each other, get to know each other's names, play some games together, and enter into a brief conversation maybe about this material that we're about to look through and talk about this semester going ahead. And one thing I do want to highlight there is the surf projects. Uh, do get your name printed on one of those. Uh, so look through that list online, get to know a little bit of the options that are available pick one that's going to work for your group within the time frame they're offered and, and uh, let me know because then we'll get you scheduled in for that and get that going and also send your groups to the life group hub there in the foyer of the church to get their new blue serve shirts we want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to get one of those while we'll still have all the right sizes in stock Also uh, a few announcements, Uh, take your pictures of your groups. We wanna see your groups in action, whether you're just hanging out in your homes in Bible study mode, eating some food together, or out in the service projects and hanging out that way. Uh, Take your attendance, Uh, uh, super helpful. Um, Also at the end of the document is a bit of a leadership training article to help you just frame how you're going to lead your group this coming semester. But at this point, let's jump into the leader's guide where we start wrestling through and talking through all of the questions that we're asking, because there's a bunch and we we love talking through making sure that you know why we're asking the questions and have some background information about what that should all look like. So as this is now your first event, you're primarily gonna just be focusing on getting to know each other. So lean heavily in this area, especially if you're a new group. Uh, We've provided two launching points to get some conversation going, but feel free as you choose to add your own. Uh, Simple thing that I do when putting together these questions is asking some icebreaker questions, is that I Google literally icebreaker questions and you'll find a cacophony of resources and questions that can have you thinking together, laughing together, and uh, just reflecting on life together. But the first question we're asking here is, do you know what your name means? If so, what is it? If not, is there any special significance to your name? And so the process of naming a child is a very significant part of the rite of the passage for parents. It's not a process to take lightly. And so this question then becomes more significant as our sermon series will draw out and develop as we get to know Daniel a little better and at what his name means and how significantly his name was changed from Daniel to Belshazzar. Yeah, that's a significant thing. And uh, we want to start just a conversation about what that would mean like and what that would look like in our lives. Second question is, uh, what are you looking forward to the season of life groups? And so it's always a neat objective to look at what we are embarking on together for these next nine weeks. So take a moment here to share the hopes and the dreams that you have for this journey together. Maybe you as leaders can uh, share some hopes and dreams that you have and how to see your group develop in a relationship and form together in a in a really neat way to understand the spiritual direction and the journey of each other and so we launched from there into the quick review section i want to just highlight right now that this quick review section is not about reviewing the message that you've heard on sunday morning it's not about that whatsoever what this section is all about is reviewing what you have learned from the message so this uh section of questions we'll have two questions the first is always going to be the same and it's looking back at your notes from this week's teaching was there anything that particularly caught your attention challenged or confused you and so we will regularly encourage you to be a good student as you listen to the messages that we're looking at here is to take your own notes to write down your own questions that you're asking as a result of the text that we're exploring together as a church family and share with your members those things Uh, model this behavior with them And the second question is always gonna change, but it's always contributed to by our teaching pastor uh, of that particular Sunday. is Pastor Marcel, Pastor Justin, or myself. And so the question from Pastor Justin this Sunday, who primarily does the preaching here, is that this past Sunday, Pastor Justin invited us to consider the key question, how can the people of God live by faith in an increasingly secular world? And as we explore this question for the coming 10 weeks, what does this look like practically speaking today? So this is uh, uh, recognizing that Babylon uh, to the Israelites was a physical place, but through scripture, Babylon referenced more of a spiritual state. And for us today, it's much of the same. So what does this living by faith in an increasingly secular world in a Babylonic type state, what does it look like? where we launch then into scripture review, where we actually now encourage you, read the scripture that we're talking about. And we're asking three of the same questions that we'll ask week to week. So read Daniel chapter one, verses one through five, where it asks, what does this passage say about the character of God? What does this passage say about fallen humanity in the world in which we live? And number three, where does this passage specifically expose our sin or unbelief in my own life? How does it specifically call me to change my thinking, redirect my affections, replace my behaviors, or trust in my Savior? Now, we were asked these same three questions week in and week out, week in and week out. And sometimes our groups have let us know that they get a little tired of these same three questions, and that's okay. Um, So feel free as leaders to reframe these questions into one solid similar question, which asks, what strikes you all together about this passage? And just reflect on that scripture together as you journey through it. But then we end up in the digging deeper section where we uh, take a moment to dive further into the themes that are emerging from this uh, section of, of scripture. So first read Daniel chapter one, verses one through two. The question being, scripture tells many stories of loss and devastation amongst his people, the Israelites. What are other stories that we can think of that sounds similar to this one? And so throughout these stories, what themes do we see then emerge? So scripture is an amazing narrative. I don't have to tell you that twice. Your leaders, you understand of a few thousand years of time uh, from the first moments of Adam and Eve there enjoying the new creation to the days of Paul's ministry and John's visions of revelation. Uh, All scripture there, all throughout there, we see stories of God's people facing all kinds of challenges, disappointments, loss and so much more. And so as you ask this question, be careful to not assume that everyone knows the stories that are mentioned and do your best to kind of summarize them and talk in general about those stories and the themes that emerge from them. And also encourage your group as you go into this question to flip through their Bibles and point out some of those stories. And there in the, in the leader's guide, I lifted off a number of there just to quickly, just as leaders, to, to share with and to just reflect on for a moment. And the, but the themes there that come out of, come out strong within these stories is seeing God's sovereign hand reigning over his entire creation. We, we see also his righteous judgment rage against those who oppose him as he leads his people through this creation. But a third one I'm seeing also is you see God's compassionate heart and his mercy upon his children who love and seek his face. And so, as you talk about these themes in more general terms this early on, consider how we as modern day disciples of Jesus can see God's sovereign, just and compassionate hand in our lives that we are living together. So I encourage you then to ask this next, next question. Are there situations in your life which have the same themes? And so we're we're still pretty early on in our semester of life groups. And more typically, we ask these kinds of probing personal questions much later on as relationships have grown and as trust has been achieved. So it's okay to take this question at this point on the surface level, being okay with vaguer references. But be sure your, your members hear your gratitude as well as they open up and as they share. Uh, as we'll we'll explore more and more, uh, deeper uh, and explore, and we'll get to challenge you more and more to go deeper with your with your members. But this time, just let it be surfacey, and that's okay. But be sure, as your members open up, be grateful. We've already said that. But one thing that we do need to track as we explore this question. Is, is that we're, we're looking in the context of Daniel, and we need to see that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and we worship the same God who allowed Nebuchadnezzar to take captive those Israelites. We worship the same God who sustained Daniel and his three friends through that lengthy ordeal, and that's gonna be more on that next week. However, the key difference between Daniel's time and our time is that we, you and I, we exist in the post-New Testament times, that so we have the rest of the Bible, the rest of the scripture narrative, to tell us the story of the coming of Christ who mediates for us to his father, where he stood in the gap of our punishment that we deserved and took upon the punishment that we deserve for our sinful lives. And we see that then the same theme of his compassion, his mercy then emerge as we see his sovereign hand upon our lives, which leads into the second question here, where we encourage you to read Daniel chapter one, verse two, verse nine and verse 17, those same three verses. And so God's sovereignty is at the center of this narrative. No one can take for credit what has happened in the book of Daniel thus far apart from God. And in our lives, how do we then try to take credit for God's activities uh, versus uh, intentionally or otherwise? And so it's so fascinating at the front end of this book of Daniel where there are so many, so many intriguing and interesting things that happened to Daniel and his friends in the nation of Israel that already in verse 2 we see the words, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. That is the hand of, da- of, of the king of Babylon. We see the same sovereign hand of God at verse 9, And God gave Daniel. And at verse 17, As for these four youths, God gave them. Well, Daniel records for us what he has seen as God's activity of leading and guiding all events to serve his greater purposes. You see, nothing in this book happens apart from God's mighty hand. No one can take for credit anything that happens in the following chapter. It's all completely God's doings. Not Nebuchadnezzar's, not Jehoiakim's, not these three friends, not even Daniel's. God is leading this narrative. And so I just have kind of two two thoughts here for you all in this context. The verse is that, in our day-to-day lives, we sometimes fail to see that God is working in the mundane, the regular events of our activities. We sometimes expect to only see him in the big things. But I want you to pull aside here another text from 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12, where the prophet Elijah was on Mount Horeb, waiting to hear the voice of God in the big things. And he was expecting to hear God in the, the mighty winds on the mountain, or the shattered rocks that have fallen, or the earthquakes that are happening. But at verse 12 of chapter 19, it says, And after the fire came, a still small voice. We see that God doesn't speak all the time and all the great grandiose things, but sometimes the subtle small things. Second thing I want to point out here is that God's activity now encapsulates all the big things and the small things. And here in Daniel, we see in chapter 1, and as we'll again explore a little bit later on through the week, uh, is that Daniel is obedient in the small things. And, and he's through that equipped to be obedient in the larger things. And we'll see more of that emerge as the stories continue on through the weeks that we're going to study with this book. But what we need to recognize here is that our sinful lives leave us attributing various aspects of our lives to our own doing. We take claim for the events that are only the work of the Lord. We'll talk with your group about how we do just those things. Which leads us to a bullet point question, read Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 20. In our, in our life group, how can we help each other to recognize and acknowledge God's activity in our lives? So this Hebrews text that we had you look at is a portion of scripture that we will often reference in our life group ministry as uh, there are a number of very poignant commands for us to follow. Verse 22 says, draw near to God with full assurance of faith. Verse 23 says, hold fast the confession of our hope. Verse 24 says, stir one another up to love and to good works. Verse 25 says, encourage one another. And you see how each of these verses, each of these contexts point us to growth in faith and growth with each other, which talks about really our our mission statement as uh, life groups at Gateway, where we talk about how we are to develop meaningful relationships centered on God's word and prayer. Well, there's three points there in that in that text where, all things being equal, um, but the emphasis is upon the relationships first, as we see that God has placed us here and now together for a reason and for a purpose, and that is to support one another as we are walking through this trepidatious world, uh, feels like uh, on on thin ice at times. And, and, you know, in the same context, we're all walking in the same direction. We're all walking towards glory, but we all have different limbs. We all have different styles. We all have different patterns. But how do we walk in the same direction together? Well, consider with your group how we can do that together as a group. Which leads us to the third question. Read Daniel chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Under the reign of King Josiah, Daniel was raised in an environment that sought out the presence of God through his word, second Kings reference there, which changed for the worse under the current King, Jehoiakim, another second Kings chapter 23 reference. Well, what do you think has changed? Well, it is always a good endeavor to study the context of scripture, taking a moment to look back at where the book or the story fits into the greater narrative of scripture. There's a couple key elements that happen right away in this book of Daniel as he records his verse verses that would have been obvious to his original audience and a little less obvious to you and I now. We are told already as this book opens up that there's this reign of this Judean king Jehoiakim. What's well, important for us to remember the scope of time here that a long, long ago after King Solomon reigned, the kingdom of Israel split under King Solomon's two sons. The northern king, Uh, took on the northern tribes of Israel and went on to do their own thing, which eventually became captives in another land of Assyria because of horrendous reign of after horrendous reign of each king that they had. Then the, the ten southern tribes were led by the other uh, son of Solomon and they banded together, uh, calling themselves Judah, and they limped uh, between uh, both good and horrendous kings, which ultimately led to the first deportation to Babylon that we are now encountering in the book of Daniel. So at this point, basically all of Israel is under captivity in some capacity. And so Daniel now, as the question tells us, was, was born in the timeframe of the most positive king that Judah ever had. King Josiah who began his reign at the, this meager age of king of, of eight. 2 Kings 22 verse two tells us right away that King Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and he walked in the way of his father David and he did not turn aside from right or left. You see, Josiah, as he rediscovered the temple and basically cleaned it up, he rediscovered the scrolls of scripture in the temple and had them read publicly, he restored the Passover celebrations. And so the nation of, of Judah, as a whole, under his leadership, were reignited in their passion for Yahweh. But however, Josiah's sons did not follow suit. First, Jehoaz did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and only reigned for three months. And the second son, Jehoiakim, now the king of that Daniel's referencing, also did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. But what was intriguing is that both of these sons were prophesied about. Jeremiah 22:13 13 to 23 talks about the outlook of these two leaders and their nation and how bleak it was. Because as they stepped away from having a heart for the Lord, they, they lost sight of God's commands for them. Again, just like their, their prior kings that they had followed. And so we see a glimpse here of Daniel's upbringing and then in his captivity. And we see him living in the way that he was raised within his community, a rediscovered heart for the Lord. Then look at all the great things he was able to do and accomplish with that attitude and that heart. It's amazing to look at. So then read John 15 verses four through five. How now do we abide with Christ as strangers in this, in this land that we find ourselves in now? So taking a note from Daniel and his context of growing up within Josiah's reforms, we launch into the words of Christ and his invitation and his challenge for us, his incredible invitation for us. And what we believe Daniel has discovered, even before Christ's time, was that an intimate relationship with God the Father was the only way to be sustained through all of life's trials and difficulties. And Christ now puts the words exactly how Daniel is living. Christ says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And there's an absolute necessary connection here that comes between the disciple and the teacher. They're connected. They belong to each other. But, but more than that connection, the branch is receiving care and nutrients and nutrition from the vine. And the branch is only able to produce anything as long as it remains connected. Once it is cut off, removed, or otherwise, it is left for death and destruction, capable of nothing but decay, I just find that fascinating as I reread that for, for us here in this moment. To, it's so fascinating to note that the only thing that life is capable of outside of being attached to the source of life is decay. Let that, let that sink in for a moment. And I think that's Daniel's reference point as he goes on to serve this new king in the way that he has been uh, commissioned to serve under the rule of his own father God. So now we get to take it home. Uh, this, this final question is typically the highest degree of risk. It's where we really try to take the overwhelming, overarching themes of this whole context and to drive the point home of what we're really trying to have you all uh, grow in consideration of. So then read Genesis 11 verses one through four, Daniel one verses one, and Revelation 17 verses one through five. So, the city of Babylon is represented in Daniel, uh, looks back to the Tower of Babel in Genesis, and is reflected upon in Revelation as it represents all that is in opposition to God. It's a sole focus on self. How do we now experience Babylon today? Well, it is absolutely necessary here to point out that throughout scripture, Babylon is really noted as not a physical place, but a spiritual state. Everything that God is, Babylon is absolutely not. And everything that Babylon is, God is not. Because of the actions of the Israelites and how they had been walking repeatedly away from the Lord, they experienced the state of Babylon in a whole variety of ways. And this deportation is just one example, and it's not even just a physical deportation, but it's a spiritual one too, as they're removed from their center of worship of Jerusalem. And there's so much more to come as uh, the Old Testament story carries on. But as we consider this particular question, another relevant point to note is that while Israel faced a real country, a physical Babylon, you and I today face subtler versions of the same Uh, Pastor Justin talks about C.S. Lewis and how he writes in the tape Letters, a quote that we've shared before, where it says, Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Well, the the Babylon's that you and I uh, face, well, they look more like apathy. They look like complacency. They look like lethargic approaches to our faith and to life and we get too comfortable on our coaches we are steered too wild by the news we are lulled into a laziness as we continue to scroll the social media feeds and so often we don't even notice that you and i are doing these things well c.s lewis essentially writes that that is exactly the devil's goal babylon has become subtle and subversive we need each other all that much more now in this cultural climate to overcome those very things well, that's all I have for you today in the context of all the questions and discussion guides that we're going to be looking at. Uh, so at this point, I encourage you to close your meetings, invite your members to a time of prayer, chat through uh, some prayer needs that you have have going on in your lives, updating each other to where things are at in your lives. Be sure to, in the midst of this, to offer prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving. And so at this point, uh, close things off and uh Leaders, again, I just wanna say thank you for your commitment to service in this way. Be sure to fill out those attendance forms that are linked there in your emails. Uh, we are just so gracious that you're able to do that. So please do that on a regular basis and I'll remind you as as we can. So leaders, thank you for your time and uh, we're gonna sign off here. And uh, enjoy your your weekend, enjoy your first meeting. And if there's any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out to myself or Pastor Justin. Uh, My number is 604-309-585. It's literally in every email, every context I send out to you. Don't hesitate to call that. Thank you all, and uh, we'll talk another time.